Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is episode 12. And here is a snippet from this week's guest. You are in much more control than you think. And it all starts with what's at the end of your fork. And we now know that by starting to consume a whole food, plant-based diet, you can put all the odds in your favor that you don't have to come down with heart disease or diabetes or a major cancer. It's not in your genetic destiny. You can bypass any genetic destiny you have with these things truly by embracing this lifestyle. Rip Esselstyn is a health activist, an accomplished food writer, a speaker, and a former professional triathlete. Rip was also a professional firefighter in Texas where he founded his brand Engine 2. And this brand was founded because some of the guys at the fire hall had really dangerously high cholesterol. And they did a 28 day challenge to eat a plant strong diet, a whole foods plant based diet to see what kind of benefits and health improvements that these guys could all make. And after 28 days, there was dramatic and ground shaking results from this. Rip partnered with Whole Foods Market to come out with the Engine 2 food line and there's amazing things like breakfast, you can get Rip's Big Bowl breakfast cereal, you can get tortillas and all of these foods are the best nutritional content you can get for plant-based foods where there's no oil, no added anything so that you're getting the most whole food experience you can. Rip is an author of three different books and he hosts events all over the United States. He goes into detail about those in our little chat. And he contributes so much to the plant-based community and to enabling people in the most inclusive and welcoming way possible to try this new lifestyle to optimize and become the healthiest and best version of yourself. I'm also a huge fan of Rip's father, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, who is a world-class cardiologist who was at the Cleveland Clinic, and he's one of the pioneers of plant-based nutrition back in the 80s, where he found that eating a plant-based diet not only helps prevent heart disease, but it reverses it. And he used plant-based nutrition to reverse heart disease and also to help people that have cancer. The best way to avoid getting these chronic diseases in your life, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, cancer, we can control it with our diet. And it's, it's amazing that we're able to do that. There's so much evidence-based research out there that shows how much healthier you can be. And even if you are afraid or just not interested in eliminating all of these animal products completely from your diet, Cutting back on them will make a massive difference for you, and who knows, you might actually end up trending in that direction. Personally, when I changed my diet, I had to phase out something every single week, and it outlines how to do that actually on the Engine 2 website, but some people do better in an all or none situation. It's all about your willpower, and willpower is a muscle, and if you're always trying to resist things, you can tire out that muscle. That's why at the end of the day, when someone's trying to diet, they end up binge eating at the end of the day. And this is a good point to say that a plant-based diet is not a diet, it's a lifestyle. So if you change, this is how you can intend to eat for the rest of your life because it's the most optimal way to eat for health. Whereas a lot of diets are just about weight loss and a lot of times they aren't actually very healthy for you. But enough from me, let's get into it. Let's chat with Rip, he's one of my favorite people. I bring to you Rip Esselstyn. 
Hey, Sonia. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. How are things going in Austin? You know what? They're going really well. I mean, it's like halfway through the summer, and uh, it hasn't been a brutally hot summer here in Austin. I mean, I think we've had maybe one or two days over 100, so it's been going really well. I'm getting ready to take off here in about a week and a half and go on vacation. Ooh, where for, are you going? Well, we're going to go up to the Northeast and, uh, and Midwest. We're going to go. We have a family farm in Upper State New York, and so we're going to go there for about 10 days. And then from there, we're going to go up to Wisconsin, uh, where my wife is from. Uh, we're going to go to a little lake there and just hang out for about another 10 days. That sounds nice. I'm, I'm reading this really great book called Peak Performance. And it's about how important it is to rest and not just your body, but rest your mind and take vacations and how it doesn't matter who you are, but especially as a successful business person, you have to have the courage to step away from your business and rest. So I think it's great you're doing that. Yeah, thanks. Well, it sounds like you are always looking for ways to like improve yourself and, um, you know, just make life better. So congrats on that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, personal growth is what makes me feel most alive and happy and stagnation is what freaks me out the most. So yeah, and the cool thing is my diet is one of those things that's really helped me grow in my life as well. And some of my listeners are familiar, but I changed my diet to a plant-based diet about four years ago. And I told people about it just about six months ago because I was afraid of the image or the judgments or alienating people around me. And what I found was I wrote this blog post and I haven't had one negative comment about it. And hundreds of people have actually emailed me for help and just for interest and looking for resources to change their diet. So it's been really cool to be an example for people, but it also made me realize that, wow, like I can actually make a difference doing this. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to start my podcast. It's not only about plant-based nutrition, but it's about one of those things that contributes to my life in a positive way. Well, well you know what? Good for you for having the, uh, the courage to come out of the closet, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not easy to do, but I found out about eating a plant-based diet from my now husband, but we were at a mountain bike race where we met in Vancouver, and I was living in Boulder at the time, and he told me that he ate a plant-based diet, and number one, I had only heard of vegan. I didn't know what plant-based meant, so I thought, is this a vegan, and oh, I don't know what I think about vegans, because... I had been only exposed to the negative side of veganism, and we should get into the difference in a minute. But he told me, hey, you know, you should really consider watching this documentary called Forks Over Knives because there's some amazing information in there. And diet is linked to the top killers of human beings. And I had never linked that strongly food to heart disease, cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes. And so I watched Forks Over Knives and it's awesome because your father is, is it his documentary? No, it's not his documentary, but he and Colin Campbell are kind of the two main threads that run throughout the documentary, right? Yeah. But the documentary was by um, a guy named Brian Wendell who owns Forks Over Knives. Cool. The The whole franchise, yeah. Yeah, so watching that documentary stopped me in my tracks, and it was in the middle of my racing season. It was in July, and I thought, wow, if meat and dairy and eggs cause cancer and heart disease, and you can reverse it by not eating those things, and people think that heart disease is genetic and that it's just this card they've been dealt, and I've actually had people argue with me about this a little bit, and it's it's really, you can change that. So watching that documentary was so powerful, and it inspired me to go do my own research, and ever since, I changed my diet, and I've never felt better. 
Yeah, it is truly amazing, Sonia, how many people out there believe that genetically they are destined to either heart disease, diabetes, one of the major cancers. And we now know that by starting to consume a whole food, plant-based diet, you can put all the odds in your favor that you don't have to come down with heart disease or diabetes or a major cancer. And this is not a genetic it's not in your genetic destiny. You can bypass any genetic destiny you have with these things truly by embracing this lifestyle. And the science, you know, whether it's my father's research, whether it's Dean Ornish's research with, with not only heart disease, but also with the major cancers, prostate and breast, whether it's Neil Barnard's research with type 2 diabetes, people need to understand that you are in much more control than you think. And it all starts with what's at the end of your fork. Yeah, and just having that control is amazing because for me, I used to have this crazy fear, oh, I'm going to get breast cancer because some of my friends in their 30s, one woman died of breast cancer and another one beat it. But the fact that women are getting breast cancer even younger, I mean, I don't know statistically, I haven't looked at the research for this, but it seems like it would be because of the foods that we eat. And I love knowing that I'm making the best possible chance for myself mm. And why wouldn't you want to give yourself the best chance to live an amazing life? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You met, So you mentioned breast cancer. And my father started this research in 1984 at the Cleveland Clinic. And his specialty was not heart disease, you know, I, ironically enough. His specialty was breast cancer. Oh, wow. Right? That's what he did. And he got very frustrated because... It didn't matter how many women he operated on for breast cancer, the line out his office door kept getting longer and longer. And so he's like, you know, I got to figure out how to get to the root causation of this. And so he started studying all the cultures around the globe that didn't have or had very low incidence of breast cancer. Um, so he looked at the epidemiological research and discovered that societies, cultures that had little to no breast cancer were predominantly plant-based. And so that's what led him then to do his research with heart disease because he felt in his lifetime he'd have a hard time proving that you could reverse the major cancers like breast cancer with a whole food plant-based diet. He now realizes that he was wrong and you can't actually do that with even major cancers like prostate and breast. But where he really made his dent, as you know, is with heart disease and showing that we can prevent and reverse you know, these plaque formations we have simply by changing what we eat. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that that's a good point to, to reinforce is that if you already have a disease of some kind that you think is gonna, you're going to have to deal with it and take pills the rest of your life, you can actually reverse that with your diet. And there's so many stories of people on all these pills and they change their diet and they don't have to take pills anymore. And there's like a guy who's a friend of mine and his uncle had heart disease, had all these surgeries and the doctors just said, dude, you're screwed, like you're gonna die. Yeah. And he took Preventive Reverse Heart Disease, the book into his doctor and the doctor said, that's crap, that's not gonna do anything. I'm, I can't even, I'm not gonna support you. So the guy said, no, yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna try this. And he went and he reversed his heart disease, doesn't take any medication and he's living an awesome life. And mm -hmm. the fact that the medical community is not yet educated, like they're not being malicious about it, but doctors don't get a lot of, or any nutritional training at all. And the whole lifestyle medicine movement is changing that slowly. But I think it's important for people to realize that just because your doctor gave you some sort of advice regarding nutrition, their jobs are to prescribe drugs, not prescribe food. Well, you're right. And, and then in the whole field of cardiology, 
it's really unfortunate how many cardiologists are in America. And I don't know the exact number, but it's, you know, something, some ridiculous amount, probably 30,000 cardiologists, right? Don't quote me on that. <laughs> and and but of those 30,000 cardiologists, I bet you that there's less than 1% that are prescribing to their heart disease patients a whole food plant-based diet. But they're out there. And you have people like Kim Williams, who is the former head or president of the American College of Cardiologists that is screaming from the mountaintops, right? The benefits of a whole food plant-based diet. But most cardiologists, as you just said, they don't have the education, right? There's a bit of a conflict of interest there. I mean, what? They get paid 50000 roughly to put a, a metal stent in there. They get paid of 120, dollars dollars to do a, a, a bypass procedure. Or they could say, you know what, Sonia? You know what? This is what I want you to do. I want you to go home. I want you to eat steel cut oats. I want you to do sweet potatoes. I want you to do broccoli and blueberries and cantaloupe and watermelon. And come back to me in three months, and then let's see where you are. Let's see what your numbers are like. Let's do a, a before and after ultrasound of your carotid artery to see if there's any diminishment in the plaque formation. And guess what? It hasn't cost you more than maybe you know your copay to go visit this guy, and you have now effectively started to reverse your heart disease. I talked to a guy probably about three or four months ago from Costa Rica, and he weighed in the low 400s. Wow. And he just had a bad, bad, bad heart. The cardiologist wanted to do massive surgery, you know, like triple bypass. He said that he had like ejection fraction. So the amount of blood that his heart was pumping was like 10% of what it should have been. Whoa. And we talked. I also referred him to my father to talk to my dad. And four months later, this guy's down 110 pounds. Wow. He called me because he said, Rip, I had an appointment with my cardiologist again. And he spent like an extra 15, 20 minutes on me than normal. He said he had to leave to go tell another patient that he was running late. He came back to me and I goes, everything okay? And he goes, I got to tell you, his name was Ken. I got to tell you, Ken, and I mean this sincerely, is there any way that you've had a heart transplant since I last saw you? And he's like, come on, of course not. And he's like, because I've never, ever seen any kind of a reversal like this in all my years of being a cardiologist. And he goes, I wanna know exactly what you're doing it, who told you to do it, and I wanna bring them to Costa Rica and have a symposium with all the cardiologists in Costa Rica. And so that's exactly what's gonna happen. My father and myself, we're gonna go there and we're gonna to talk to all these cardiologists because most cardiologists, unfortunately, Sonia, they don't get it, they don't understand it, and they don't believe it. Wow, that's amazing. But the science is out there, but the science is out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's move on and chat about Engine 2. So Engine 2 is yeah. your brand, and I'd like to hear the story behind it, how it came to be, and kind of where it's going. Yeah, so let me give you the Reader's Digest version of this. You know about my father, and he was hugely inspirational in getting me to start eating this way. Started his research at the Cleveland Clinic in 1984, and then in 1987, when I graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a degree in speech communications, I was like, you know what? I'm not ready to do a nine to five yet. So I kind of, you know, did a little bit of what you're doing now. I became a professional athlete. I did triathlons for well over a decade. Yeah. And you're a world-class triathlon. You weren't just doing triathlons. Right. Well, I was, you know, I was fortunate. I actually was considered 
for almost a decade, the premier, one of the premier swimmers in the sport. And so I was able to get some good sponsorships, right? Coming out of the water first and usually leading on the bike and then usually into the run. The run was kind of always my Achilles heel. But yeah, so I did that for about 10 years. And then I decided it was time to get a real job. And that's when I was fortunate enough to get on with the Austin Fire Department. I spent my first five years at Fire Station 1, which is the animal house of all the fire stations in Austin. I mean, at any point in time, there were probably 18 guys there at one fire station. You talk about a crazy environment. And then after five years, I transferred to Fire Station 2, which is right on the outskirts of the University of Texas campus. And I transferred there in about 2001. In 2003 is when we kind of had this discovery that one of my fellow firefighting brothers was really a heart attack waiting to happen. And I said, hey, you know, look at this research that my father's done going back to 1984. Look what I was able to do as a world-class athlete. Let's man up and let's start eating, plant strong at the fire station and see what happens. And so these guys, they, we agreed to do it as a whole unit, as a crew. And for 28 days, and the results were just like jaw dropping, the cholesterol dropped, the weight dropped, the energy improvement, gastrointestinal distress, all those things, Sonia. And then what happened is we became basically celebrities. The New York Times did a big old front page article, the local Austin American Statesman, the National Public Radio. We got solicited by all kinds of radio stations to do programs, documentaries, and then I also got encouraged and solicited to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I eventually decided that, you know what, I'm going to do this. So I spent two years writing the book to show the kind of the profound effects that can happen in just 28 days of eating this way. And so that was my call to action in the book is, you know, give yourself 28 days to do this and then you be the judge. And in my pilot study with 62 people, we got just jaw dropping results. And that's kind of how Engine 2 was born, right? at Fire Station 2 with the guys, and then me uh, deciding to write the book, very appropriately called The Engine 2 Diet, right? And it came out in 2009. And then what happened after that, I'll stop for a sec to see if you have any questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a few comments about that because yeah, yeah. number one, being in like the fire station with all these masculine men, I mean, typically like the stereotype of, of firefighters are these like super buff, hot guys. Yeah. And a lot of times in our society, it's not considered masculine or, and hopefully that's changing, but it's not considered masculine yeah. to be plant-based or vegetarian. So I want to ask you about how you overcame those comments that you probably were receiving. And number two, I want to say that, wow, like what an open-minded crew you had around you to be willing to make that change for 28 days. Cause 28 days is a long time and it's great that they had each other and that they had you yeah. to make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Your first comment, it was a rough environment to eat this way because, you know, firefighters are, it's a predominantly masculine environment. I'd say, you know, 95% of firefighters are men. It's a testosterone fest. Everything is basically, it's meat and then meat and then more meat and then cheese and then ice cream and everything's deep fried. So it's like the standard American diet on steroids. In Texas. Really, right. <laughs> Yeah, good point, right? In Austin, Texas. So, and it didn't happen quickly. I mean, you know, when we had this scare at Fire Station 2 with my firefighting brother in 2003, I've been a firefighter for almost seven years. And I've been working with a lot of these guys for seven years. 
And so it took seven years for them to kind of decide and this astronomically high cholesterol level of 344 at the age of 33 by my friend to kind of um, kick these guys right to where they were willing to do something. But what you realize in short order of eat, after eating this way is that this is truly the most masculine way to eat on the planet, right? I mean, if you want to be good caretaker to yourself and your family, right, this is the best way to eat. If you want to reach your ideal weight and be incredibly healthy, this is the best way to eat. If you want to perform at your best, right, in the bedroom, this is by far the best way to eat. I've had several guys say that, you know, their erections are now like blue steel. <laughs> and uh, before more, more blood flow, man, no one's going to complain about that. <laughs> That's right. It's a good thing. And then, you know, as a man, I would think that would want to be a good steward to the environment. And we all know about the environmental impacts, or maybe we all don't, but most of us do, that animal agriculture has. It's a lot of people actually don't realize that. And I admit that I was even, I was a solar engineer in Boulder before I moved to BC and I still didn't realize animal agriculture's detrimental effects until about a year ago when I watched Cowspiracy and it was jaw dropping yeah. how bad it is. Like people, people think that riding their bike to work or using a low flow shower, which are all things I've done and they do make a difference, but just simply if you want to just eat less meat and dairy, that makes a humongous difference. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. But, you know, when you think about it, and we don't know because we all live in our little bubbles and our little compartmentalized lives, but, you know, worldwide, we now basically kill close to 80 billion animals every year for this insatiable appetite we have for animal protein. And those animals require an insane amount of water, insane amount of land, insane amount of resources and feed. And, um, you know, the statistics that they quoted in Cowspiracy that they're responsible for 30% of all the fresh water on the planet, 45% of all the arable farmlands, 88% of the Amazon rainforest has been decimated, right, for animal agriculture to grow grains to feed these basically cattle and then also for these cattle to graze. The Amazon, you know, the Amazon rainforest, this is the Earth's lungs. And we're basically just like <laughs> torching them. It's just so incredibly sad. So, yes. Real men eat plants. Yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I want to go into detail about this, but I think I'm going to have to keep those comments to myself. <laughs> so Maybe that's a whole other podcast. That is a whole, that's probably a whole other category of podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about really quickly the difference between veganism and what whole foods plant-based means, because not everybody knows what that means. Yeah. Great question. I never use the term vegan. And if I do, I kind of have to qualify it. But, you know, veganism, you're staying away from animal products, all dairy products, obviously, and that's fantastic, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're eating healthfully. So, you know, Coca-Cola is vegan and French fries are vegan and Doritos and Cheetos and, you know, Fritos, Tostitos, they're all vegan, but it's basically junky vegan food. And you also have now all these earth balance spreads that's vegan, veganaise that's vegan, or uh, Beyond Meat burgers that are vegan. And they're all made with you know, isolated, concentrated proteins. They're made with oils. They're made with just gobs and gobs of sugars. And so 
you know, what I want your audience to focus on is eating more of a whole food plant-based diet where we're eating foods as close to grown as possible that are minimally processed. We're not doing added oils and we're limiting the amounts of salt, sugar, and fat that are in our diet. The, all these things, you know, salt, sugar, and fat, they're all appetite stimulants and they make us want to eat more. But the, the reality is, is that, you know, we're getting, most Americans are getting two to three times the amount of sodium they need every day. We're getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 times the amount of added sugar wow. every day. And then when it comes to fat, most of us are eating about three times the amount of fat that we should be in the diet. Yeah, so fat is a really interesting topic. And it's I wanted to chat about it a bit later, but I think now is a good time as well. Yeah. So one of the biggest things for me when I change my diet is as a cyclist, you're always concerned about your weight because you're trying to be light and healthy where you're not going to be getting sick, but you also want to be strong. And I would just be always trying to lose like a few pounds before a race, just like, so it's a little bit less weight to carry uphill. And I just had so much trouble losing it because it's like I wasn't drinking. I was trying everything, trying to reduce carbs or whatever, which doesn't work because that's your lifeblood as an athlete. And I didn't realize that oil was this culprit. And I did lose that weight after I changed my diet, but I can yeah. manipulate my weight now by adding in or taking out oil. And we're taught in every magazine that says, oh, olive oil is so good for you. And the Mediterraneans have tons of oil and all this stuff. So you think that, oh, I can just pour oil all over my pasta, which I used to do. And then mm -hmm. I put salt on it because salt and oil is the yeah. ultimate pleasure trap. Yeah. And and I would saute in oil just because I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. And then from watching Forks Over Knives and reading your book, I realized, well, wow, I, I actually don't need all this oil. And no. that was such a key for me. Yeah. No, added oils are just added calories. And they're really, they're really empty calories. And for your listeners out there, Sonia, I want to put it in perspective. Because everybody would agree that white sugar is empty calories. One tablespoon of white sugar is 50 calories. One tablespoon of any oil is 120 calories. And yet, the reason why I say it's empty calories is because it has really no nutritional integrity whatsoever. There's no carbohydrates, our body's primary fuel source. There's no protein. There's no fiber. There's no very, very minuscule amount of antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients. And that's really the definition of, of empty calories. So you have two and a half times the amount of empty calories as you're going to find in like a tablespoon of, of white sugar. So we want all your, your listeners and all your you athletes out there, you're going to be getting all the oil and all the naturally occurring fats that you need, but you're going to be getting them from whole plant-based foods. So you're going to get it from some nuts, right? I mean, nuts are 80% fat. You're going to get it from some avocados. Avocados are about 80% fat. You're going to get it from, if you're doing nut butters, I mean, 80, 90% fat. You're going to get it from, believe it or not, tofu and tempeh are about 40% fat. Hmm. Oatmeal, right? Do you do oatmeal in the morning? Every morning. All right. You like steel cut oat? You like the normal? What do you like? I like steel cut oats with, I'll tell people my recipe because people always ask and it's probably yeah. similar to what you do, but steel cut oats, a little bit like a tablespoon of maple syrup, hemp hearts. And I used to put chia, but now I put a tablespoon of ground flax because of yeah. all the amazing benefits of flax and right. some berries. And I love that. And when I'm traveling, I miss being able to eat my steel cut oats in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you could travel with a little rice cooker. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods, that's what he does. He travels with his own little uh, rice cooker. But if you want it bad enough, you make it happen. Yeah, right? and John Mackey, is a, he's a plant-based diet, the CEO of oh, Whole yeah. Foods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, just yeah, had a yeah. book that came out. He did, the Whole Foods diet. John is the reason that you see everything behind me, right? John is, so I didn't tell you, but so I'm now a, I'm a partner. I'm a health eating partner with Whole Food Market Store. Cool. Stores. And it's because John read the Engine 2 diet in 2009, really adored what I had to say and the message and invited me to come on board. And so we now have a line of products and I'm a healthy eating, basically ambassador spreading this message of, of health and hope. But getting back to your cereal, right? Right. So oats are 16% fat. Your green leafies are about 10, 11% fat. The moral of the story here is that you're going to get all the fat you need, right? Eating a whole food plant-based diet. And depending upon what your athletic goals are, what your health goals are, you want to moderate how much of the high fat plant-based foods you were consuming, right? If you're trying to like lean up before your race, then you might want to be careful on the nut butters. You might want to be careful on the avocados, the olives, and some of those kind of more obvious high fatty plant-based foods. Yeah. And even on going out to eat, because like, it's hard for yeah. me because I travel a lot and I do the best I can, but you can go to a plant-based restaurant where they're using whole foods, but then they put tons of sauce and oil on everything. And you can actually ask them to cook stuff in water or to not put the sauce on it because it ruins. Now, when you get used to not eating high oil foods, it actually ruins yeah. it when it's doused in oil. Well, you're right. And all of a sudden it, it tastes like, like the synthetic goo that's been kind of put all over it. And then you typically pay the price. I mean, you get home and you got a little bit of bellyache you know, it might not agree with you. And now you've got, you know, the runs or something like that. So yeah, once you, once you start eating this way for, I would say, you know, a length of time over about a week or two, your body adjusts and adapts. And then if you deviate, you typically have to pay the price. Yeah. And I think that should bring us to your newest book, um, the seven day, is it seven day rescue diet? Yes. It's called. Yeah. Yes. And it's amazing yes. how much of a difference Physically, medically, that even having a plant-based diet for seven days makes like people that are diabetic or, or people that just want to yeah. be healthier and just feel better in their body and their mind, like only a week can make a difference. So let's hear about this book. Yeah. So in my, my original book, Engine 2, Diet, I told you my call to action was 28 days. When I got this invitation from John Mackey to come be a health eating partner with Whole Foods Stores... One of the things that I was invited to do was to throw these healthy eating immersion programs. So it's seven days. It's a medical immersion. So we, we weigh people, we take their blood pressure, and we draw blood to get a complete lipid panel. And we do that on the way in, and we do it again on the way out. And we started these in 2010. And Whole Foods, over the last seven years, has actually has paid over $16 million to put their team members through one of four different immersion programs probably somewhere in the neighborhood of close to 10,000 of their team members. And so personally, Engine 2 has now thrown 13 of these with over 1,300 Whole Food team members, and we've collected all the data. And what we discovered is that in seven days, on average, people are losing 3.1 pounds. They're bringing down their cholesterol right around 30 milligrams per deciliter. Their LDL, which is the, is that the healthy or is that the lethal cholesterol? The Sonia? lethal. There you go. Very good bringing down their LDL, about 25 milligrams. 
We have some people that bring down their total cholesterol 100 points in seven days. Some people that bring down their LDL 75, 80 points in, in seven days. We have people that come in, they're pre-diabetic, and they leave seven days later, and their fasting glucose is no longer over 100. It's now below 100. We have people that are type 2 diabetic or hypertensive that over the course of the seven days have to come off their medications because the food is that powerful, right? It's starting to reverse their disease and make them healthy. Yeah, so the new book is just, it's like, at some point I was like, oh my God, it's like, this is a whole nother gateway for people to understand and explore and drive this lifestyle. And so the first half of the book, I have seven pillars that I ask people to follow for the seven days. And my promise, my guarantee is that if you do this and you don't deviate, right, you don't argue for your limitations, but you follow the seven pillars of the program, you'll get these results, right? It happens every time. There's no anomalies, okay? Wow. And I'm gonna go, I'll go through these with you right now in about less than a minute. So the first pillar is why we want to eat plants and only plants, no animal products. The true deep dive in nutrition, the, where all the glory lives, is in plant-based foods. Pillar number two, and we talked about this earlier, Sonia, but it's why we got to make sure we're doing a whole food plant-based diet and not just plant-based. Because plant-based can mean all the junky vegan foods that are out there. So we want to make sure it's got all the fiber, all the water, all the phytonutrients, antioxidants, all these protective substances are going to reverse disease. It has the carbohydrates, the unprocessed carbohydrates, the healthy fats, and all these things. So whole food, plant-based. Three is why we don't want you to drink your calories. Now, for the athletes that are out there, right, that are training, you know, four or five, six hours a day, I get it, right? You got to do some liquid nutrition. But most Americans, they're consuming a thousand liquid calories a day and our brains and our stomach don't register those calories as calories. And you'll eat the same amount of food on top of any liquid calories you consume. So for this week, I just want you doing water, right? Good old water. You got to do coffee, black's okay. Pillar number four, and this is a biggie, biggie, biggie. It's a game changer. It's a bit of a, a whole, it's like a um, a whole paradigm shift is why we got to understand calorie density. And when you understand calorie density and why whole plant-based foods are the most calorie light, nutrient-dense, fiber-filled foods on the planet, you don't ever have to count calories, worry about portion control, any of that nonsense again, because they will artificially fill you up before you've had time to take in too many calories. So potatoes and beans and and pasta, and broccoli, and collard greens, mustard greens, apples, pears, bananas, mangoes, all these things have a calorie density of roughly 600 calories per pound or less, which is fantastic. And, and you and me, Sonia, we're wired to eat between three to five pounds of food a day. As human beings, that's kind of our set point. But if we're doing animal products and processed refined foods and dairy products and, you know, Doritos and Cheetos and all this stuff, oils, oils and Oreos and nuts and nut butters that are between 1,200 and 4,000 calories a pound, you can't help but gain weight. So calorie density, it's huge. Pillar number four. This is more than a minute and I sorry. That's all right. Pillar I number, like it. <laughs> pillar number five is why we don't want to worry for one second about protein. There's no such thing as protein deficiency in this country. It's a, it's a red herring. It's a boogeyman. It's a bunch of bogus, right? I mean, but <laughs> we're, so, we're so concerned about protein that we're buying shampoo, 
because it says protein enriched and we're like, oh my God, my hair follicles, I need that protein, right? <laughs> and the reality is, is that any food, you can eat any food, Sonia, and as long as you're getting enough calories, you're not going to be protein deficient. That's exactly gonna- what Brenda Davis said on the podcast as well. A lot of times, and, and I want to come back to the pillars, but I want to pick yeah. apart this protein thing because this is what a lot of athletes are afraid of. And number one, like people say, I've had people contact me and say, oh, I tried eating a plant-based diet for two days, but I feel like I'm protein deficient. And I don't really know what that's even supposed to feel like. Like they might, maybe they feel like they have low energy because they're not getting enough calories, but you're not going to become protein deficient, like you said. And for me personally. Or or they don't feel well because they're detoxing. They're detoxing, right? And that's a lot. That's one of the things that happens a lot of times is, is that, you know what, you all of a sudden you are going off of animal protein, you're going off of dairy, you're going off of, um, I don't know, sometimes coffee, whatever it is, you're going to go through withdrawals, you're going to feel sluggish, you're going to feel grumpy. So yeah, of course you want to go back to the other stuff, but you got to give it time, at least seven days. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. So go ahead, go no, ahead. It's, I cut it's you all off. good. But yeah, for recovery and for building muscle, I think that if you're a naturally skinny person, you're just going to be naturally skinny no matter what. Like some people have trouble gaining weight. For me, I'm I put on muscle like crazy and even eating a plant-based diet, I have to watch how many push-ups. Like I had to stop doing push-ups and things over the winter because I was bulking up. And and my husband's the same way and we both eat a plant-based diet. Yeah. We have no trouble building muscle. We have no trouble recovering yeah. from our workout. So I think that it's a fear and it's okay for people to feel afraid that you're not going to get enough protein. But the second you feel bad, you can't attribute it to, oh, I'm not getting enough protein. I think we need, we need to show people out there examples of people that are eating this way, eating a plant-based diet that are incredibly athletic and big and muscular to let them know that it's okay, right? I mean, this is an experiment that we encourage you to do because ultimately this will be the best thing for your health and for your athletic performance. And, um, you know, right now I'm in the, in the midst of helping make this documentary called The Game Changers. And in it, we're going to be highlighting world-class athletes across the globe, men and women that are following a, a plant-based diet. So you've got people like, you know, the former heavyweight of the world, David Hay from Great Britain, that's plant-based. You got people like Nate Diaz, right? Right. The mixed martial artist fighter, UFC fighter. You've got people like, well, you've probably heard most recently, but, you know, Tom Brady has mm-hmm. been following a plant-based diet now, uh, really exclusively now for, for well over a year. Uh, you've got people like Patrick Baboumian. You ever heard of Patrick? Mm-mm. From Germany, four-time strongman world record holder, right? Wow. All plant-based. You've got people like, um, have you ever heard of Morgan Mitchell? Mm. No, from Australia, right? Two-time national 400-meter champion. Wow. You've got people like Carol Lang, right? who's this amazing American soccer player who's all plant-based. Barney Duplexis from Great Britain, 2014, Mr. Universe, right? Wow, Mr. Universe, that's cool, that's right? really cool. All plant-based. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on, but it's just incredibly exciting. So we're gonna, we're gonna show men and women, you don't have to be scared, you're not gonna lose muscle mass, you're not gonna be hospitalized for protein deficiency, you are actually going to be at the top of your game like never before. So so true. Hang in there and go on this adventure and this experience with us. Yeah, I had the same experience. I mean, I went from being 
racing kind of getting third, fourth place at a lot of my races around the yeah. world. And I changed my diet and I won the 24 hour world championship. I started, Woo! yeah. And I, I went from being kind of like chasing the top group to being at the top of the top group, which was awesome. And it was just amazing to have that happen. And a huge reason why that happens is because you reverse any type of plaque and disease in your arteries and you can actually get better blood flow to all of your muscles, which is what you need for recovery and for optimal performance. Yep. Yep. Well, there's a lot of things going on there. You're right. I mean, one of the things that happens is, so when you're eating all these amazing plant-based foods that have all these protective substances, one of the things you're also doing is you're allowing all, so the inner lining of the 65,000 miles of our vessels in our body, our arteries, our veins, our capillaries, it's called the endothelium, the endothelial cells. And when you start eating this way, you restore the ability of the endothelial cells to produce nitric oxide that is the greatest dilator in our bodies. So our vessels expand, they dilate, and now we get more blood flow to working muscles, right? And uh, as an athlete, that's exactly what you want. More blood flow, more oxygen to all of our, all of our muscles. So, I mean, that's one of many things, but you mentioned it, but you have increased energy, you're recovering faster, you have decreased inflammation, right? You're eating the Major. most anti-inflammatory diet on the planet. And then, you know, lastly, as you just said, your endurance is going to get better as well. So there's nothing not to like about eating this way from a health or athletic perspective. Awesome. So we'll move on with the pillars. So what's the next one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so five was protein. And if you don't mind, I just I feel like I need to expand upon that a little bit. Okay. Sure. And so what I what I want your listeners to understand is that as human beings, we only need between five to 10% of our calories coming from protein. And it's the one macronutrient that we cannot store. So we can store fat, we can store carbohydrates, but we can't store protein as protein. We actually excessive amounts of protein, we either pee it away or we store it as fat. So it does you no benefit to, you know, do all these muscle milks and shakes and <laughs> powders and, you know, double fisting, you know, chicken breasts, no benefit whatsoever. So if we only need between five to 10%, your average bean is 25% protein. Your average green leafy vegetable is between 35 and 50% protein. Your average vegetable is 25% protein. On the high end, you got white mushrooms that are 57% protein. Your average whole intact grain, you know, like rice or quinoa or rye or millet, on average, they're 14% protein. Your average potato. Do you eat potatoes, Sonia? I eat sweet potatoes. All right. I love potatoes. I mean, any potato. I don't care. I'm not picky, right? I don't discriminate. I'll do Yukon Gold. I'll do sweet. I'll as long as it's not a French fry. <laughs> well, I agree with you there, right? As long as it's not a French fry. But your average potato is 10% protein. So it's at the, at the upper end of what we need. Your average fruit is 6.5% protein. So it's like you can't blow it. You can't blow it when it comes to protein. But where you can blow it, are you getting enough fiber? Are you getting like enough phytonutrients and antioxidants? Are you getting all the vitamins and minerals? And I, and I feel like I need to... I know we're talking about protein here, but as an athlete, these are the thing, the substances that are going to decrease inflammation, allow you to recover faster, that are going to allow you to have an immune system that's like a Canadian moose, so you never get sick. 
right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been sick once in four years and I travel. Yeah. I mean, I go to like really germy places. I'm on a plane all the time yep. and I rarely get sick. Yep. But so you also, what you're doing when you're eating this way is you're also creating this amazing fortress of a microbiome. And this is like the latest and greatest thing about eating plant-based is what you're doing for your microbiome. It is so instrumental in you creating a healthy immune system, a healthy mind, right? The gut and the mind connection. And depression too, because the gut, uh, there's serotonin produced from your, I don't know like the exact wiring, yeah, but it, if yeah. you have a healthy microbiome, your brain produces more serotonin, which helps you feel better in your life and gives you more clarity and empowers you to do things that you want to do, which is awesome. Yes, exactly. And what, and if you're eating meat and dairy and processed refined foods, you're actually producing and cultivating a completely different type of bacteria in your microbiome than if you're eating plant-based. And we now know that the key to creating these healthy microbiome with all these healthy bacteria is fiber, right? It's all the different soluble and insoluble fiber. And so where does fiber come from? Plants. And so I just can't express it enough how imperative it is that you start getting, you know, whether it is, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 70 grams of fiber into your life a day by eating plants. And when I did my pilot study for this, my latest book, The Engine 2 Seven Day Rescue Diet, I did one of them in Mesquite, Texas. And I asked them in one of the pre-questionnaires, what's the top three ways you get fiber into your, into your diet on a daily basis? Guess what the number one response was? Hmm. Metamucil. Oh, Number two was gummy bear fiber chews. It's <laughs> crazy. And number three was fruits and vegetables. Wow. But I mean, what I discovered, and then I had everybody keep a food log, a food journal too. And I had one guy write that in one day, he had eaten more fruits and vegetables than he had over the previous month. Wow. So Americans are, for the most part, we're not eating plant-based foods, whole plant-based foods. We're not taking in fiber. And fiber is just so crucial for so many things, right? I mean, gastrointestinal health, pooping, clearing out, <laughs> pooping, clearing out toxins, bringing down cholesterol level, the microbiome, right? I mean, mitigating cancer risk. It goes on and on and on and on. So, so I'm going back to protein. So the last thing you need to worry about is being protein deficient. But what you do need to worry about is: Are you fiber deficient? Are you vitamin deficient? Are you, you know, antioxidant and phytonutrient deficient? And if the answer is you think you might be, then just start eating a whole food plant-based diet and you'll cover every base except for B12, right? Right. Take a little supplement there and you're good. Cool. I love it. Yeah. So that's pillar number five was protein, right? If anybody has any questions, send me an email directly at info at engine2.com. So number six is why we want to limit salt, sugar, and fat. And we touched upon this briefly earlier, but Americans were overdosing salt, sugar, and fat. They're all appetite stimulants. And those three things are, especially if you're eating out and if you don't know how to read a label and you know, you're buying a lot of packaged, boxed, and canned foods, forget about it. You are overdosing salt, sugar, and fat. And you're going to be one of the 30, 40 million American men or women that's on a high blood pressure medication or a cholesterol lowering medication. So I tell people, you know, really read chapter six in my book, learn how to become a label reading warrior 
for your health, and you won't believe how easy it is. It'll take you 10 to 20 seconds. And then after doing this for two weeks, you'll know exactly what products meet the requirements. And now you're not going to be like a pig taken to slaughter, right? Awesome. You'll be able to You'll be able to protect yourself. And then the last pillar is something that you do a lot of and that I, you know, I do every day, and that is to move, and that's to exercise, right? You know, we now know we're, we are a society that sits way too much. Sitting has become the new smoking, right? And so in my prescription in the book is even if it's just 10 minutes a day, take yourself for a walk, take your dog for a walk, find an excuse to move your body, but we can't be this sedentary, right? We were meant to move. And it's so good for brain health. You mentioned depression earlier with the microbiome. It's so great at being a defense for depression. It's fantastic for cardiovascular health, for bone health. What happens every year after the age of 30? We lose muscle mass. It's called sarcopenia. And so we want to start moving to prevent this wasting way of the muscle mass. I think I mentioned it to you, but my parents, my mom and dad, they exercise every day, 84 and 82, not on one medication, and they are pillars of health. That's so amazing. And I think it's a great example about what it means to be old. You know, like people think that, oh, when you get old, it's everybody just gets decrepit and people say, well, I don't want to live to 100 because I don't want to look like the hundred year olds that the few hundred year olds people have seen in a nursing home. Yeah. And really, if you eat a healthy diet, a plant-based diet, and you have a healthy lifestyle where you have community and you exercise, it doesn't have to look that way. It's just, yeah. it looks that way because in our society that we treat our bodies poorly and there's an expectation that it's okay to just stop moving. But if you go to other places around the world, we've talked about blue zones in the past. Yeah. And yeah. those are places where people live over age 100 and they do all those things I just talked about, a plant-based diet, exercise, and a strong sense of community. And even in countries where maybe people are eating more plants, they don't even have to be 100% plant-based. I don't know what their disease processes look like, but you see yeah. old women in Nepal and Sri Lanka carrying giant loads of heavy stuff straight up the side of a mountain. And it's amazing because that is the expectation. It, it, the expectation isn't that you're allowed to just retire and then sit around not doing anything and drinking and eating poor food. And of course, you're going to become decrepit. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you just said, there's a book that just came out called The Telomere Effect. Mm. And the woman that wrote it, she won the uh, Nobel Prize for her work with the telomeres. The telomeres are kind of, it's the end of the chromosomes it's responsible for really like longevity of life. And there was some research that was done a number of years ago by, I can't remember her last name, but her first name's Elizabeth and Dean Ornish, showing that when you eat a whole food plant-based diet, in as little as three months, you can turn off cancer-promoting genes, you can turn on cancer-preventing genes, and you can increase the length of your telomeres. The first time this has ever been, been shown in science. Cool. And so where I'm going with this is like when you start eating this way, you're increasing your lifespan and your health span. You know, let's say, Sonia, you and I both live to the age of 85. I'm eating a whole food plant-based diet. Or no, no let's say you're eating a whole food plant-based <laughs> diet, right? And so you, up until the age of 83, you know, you're like, you're biking, you're hiking, you're running, you're swimming, you're incredibly healthy. And then you die. 
right? It's within a year for whatever reason, right? However, however, I am eating the standard American diet. I'm a man. I need my meat, right? I need my, you know, my, I need my gravy. I need my, you know, all that, my sour cream, my bacon bits, my cheese whiz, all that stuff. And then I have my first stroke at the age of 56. You know, now, you know, my speech, I've got a speech impediment. You know, half my body is kind of dragging. The quality of my life has greatly been impaired. So my health span has now been shrunk. And my disease span up until I'm, I die at 85, the same age as you, is just greatly been in, enhanced. So I want your listeners and people to think about, you know, what do you want your life to look like when you're 60, 70, and 80? And look around you and look at the other people that you know in your life, your parents, your grandparents, you know, your friends' parents. And what does the last 20 years of their life look like? And if it's something that is not enviable and something in a road, a path you don't want to go down, I would highly encourage you to think about transitioning to a whole food plant-based diet, right? And in- increase yeah. that health span. Yeah, yeah. And I also think a, a quick point to make is that just because somebody looks like thin and muscular, even at the age of 60 or 70, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy underneath the hood. Because there's tons of athletes who look very healthy, but then they'll you hear people like dying in a marath- running a marathon or something, and sometimes people say, oh, well, it's because their heart got tired, their heart failed. But their heart failed, but it's not because the muscle is tired, it's because there's blockages in there. And if you don't regularly check under the hood and see what's going on with your blood pressure and your lipid profile and these things, then there's no way to really tell how healthy you are just because you look healthy on the outside. No, you know what? Athletes are notorious for having this attitude thinking that, you know what? (laughs) If the engine burns hot enough, I can eat whatever I want and I will burn it off. But the reality is you may burn off, right, the excessive calories so that you look good, right? But the reality is that inside, your arteries don't know a difference, right? Your cells that are responsible for um, basically starting to initiate cancer, they don't know a difference, you know, high blood pressure. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it, right? I mean, your Jim Fix was the classic example of that. But there's lots of personal friends that I have that said, "Rip, yeah, the hell with plant-based," right? And they've had open-heart surgeries. They've had stents put in, and now they've come over and they're like, "Wow, I get it." So don't think that if you look like you said, like a Ferrari. And, you know, your fitness is good, that you're healthy. Because if you've been eating the standard American diet, you're probably not inside. Right. Cool. Well, let's uh, wrap this up talking about two things, your meal planner and the Facebook group. So the meal planner, oh, yeah. I, I checked it out. And I think it's so convenient because the biggest obstacle that a lot of people have with even starting a plant-based diet is that, number one, they don't know what to eat. And even if you say, here's a bunch of great cookbooks, they still don't really know kind of what order to put the food in. And then number two, people say, well, it's very labor intensive. I can't just stick a a piece of meat on the grill and just eat it. Like you have to chop stuff up and maybe you're making your own sauces. And number three, people say, well, I don't know how to cook. I have no proficiency in the kitchen whatsoever. And so this meal planner app is amazing. You guys have thought of everything. And I had fun kind of poking around through there. So I'll let you tell our audience what it's about. Yeah, well, thanks, Sonia. First, it's not really an app. It's more of like a tool that we have. Mm -hmm. 
And if people want to go to engine2.com, you can click on um, food and then the drop down menu will give you the, the engine two meal planner. But it is, um, it's really, really robust. It's very customizable. You can personalize it to whatever your strengths or your weaknesses are, your likes, your dislikes. So for example, if you're cooking for just yourself, you put in one person. If you're cooking for yourself and your family, you put in you know, maybe five people. If you can't stand the kitchen, you say, you know what? I mean, I, I have a hard time even microwaving, right? <laughs> if you like being in the kitchen, then you put that in there. Your time preferences. You know what? I've got five minutes for breakfast, 10 minutes for lunch, and 20 minutes for dinner. You put those in there. You put in what do you like? What do you not like? What do you have allergies to? You got a, a gluten sensitivity? You put that in there. Can't stand egg, eggplant? You put that in there. You don't like uh, mushrooms? You put that in there. You want to stay away from soy? You put that in there. And, and then what will happen is it will generate for you these basically recipes based upon your preferences. And we've got over a thousand recipes in this database. It's incredibly robust. And you can go through each week that you want, Monday through Sunday, and figure out. And we give you three different examples for each meal. And if you don't like those, you can keep going on. And then it will generate grocery lists based upon the meals that you pick. That's really, really well organized. Nice. Um, and then if you live in the appropriate market, and I believe Boulder might be one of them. If you have Instacart, you can actually have these groceries delivered right to your door. So you just, you don't even have to like get up off the couch, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but uh, depending upon how busy you are, right? But we launched this two weeks ago and we have really heard nothing but fantastic feedback on this tool, how much people love it. And we're continually adding different new and exciting recipes to it. So it's 14 bucks a, a month. It's $99 for a year. So it's I think it's incredibly affordable, and we spent um, you know a pretty penny putting it together, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, that's so amazing. Just being able to, from even making a grocery list. I mean, if you go to the grocery store, and I try to organize my list, but if you have produce, you know, all yeah. all linked together, you only have to go to the produce section once instead of traversing the grocery store multiple times. And that's amazing that it can do something like that. And I live in in BC, and and I'm hoping that we'll have that kind of functionality where you can just click a button that says deliver. And I think with Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods and just in general, Amazon's place in the market, that being able to just order your food online, I already do that with a local farm share here. On Wednesdays, I get a box of fresh fruits and vegetables from the farm that shows up at my door. And that's nice. amazing. So being able to do that, it takes away barriers that you might have for eating healthier in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I think that with this Amazon acquisition or that I should say the potential Amazon acquisition of, uh, of Whole Foods, we will hopefully be able to get, you know, into food deserts. It will allow people that, you know, otherwise couldn't eat, eat these foods as easily. It'll make it more affordable. It'll make it more convenient, all these things. So I think this potentially could be just a huge kind of revolution in how this country eats healthier this whole foods and amazon partnership should be cool yeah and then there's the last piece and, and it's often the hardest piece for people is the sense of community around food because yeah. when people do things socially it's often they go out to dinner or they invite somebody to their home and they cook for them so food is a really important part of our culture and of 
feeling like you belong to something. And it, it is hard. Like I live somewhere where there isn't a lot, there aren't a lot of people that eat a plant-based diet. So yeah. fortunately my friends are open-minded enough and they actually love the food I make them, which is plant-based food. Um, yeah. But being able to have a sense of community around you where maybe you do feel tired and you don't know why, or maybe you're bored with all of your recipes and you want to try something else. Or maybe you're just crazy passionate about what you're doing and you want to share that with somebody. You guys have created that. Yeah, we have. We So January 3rd, when we launched uh, my new book, we created a private Facebook group. It's called the Engine 2 7 Day Rescue Challenge uh, group. And we now have about 21,000 members. It's the most supportive, encouraging, loving, positive group you've ever seen. People bear it all. They share it all. Everything from their successes, their triumphs, their failures. People share all kinds of fantastic recipe ideas. It is so robust and wonderful. I highly encourage any of your listeners to go into Facebook, you know, do a search of Engine 2 7 Day Rescue Challenge and then put in a request and we'll bring you on board. But there's no haters. There's no spammers. If there are any, they quickly get booted out of the uh, out of the group. And so it's a great way to kind of stay in touch with this community and feeling like you've got a, um, a support group that you can turn to at any point in time. Now, let me just I'll, can I tell you about a couple other things yeah. uh, as far as supporting community. So we're holding our sixth annual plant stock event at the Esselstyn Family Farm that was in oh. Forks Over Knives. And it's August 18th, 19th, and 20th. And this year we have an amazing lineup of speakers and success stories and amazing food. Um, we've got John Mackey coming. He'll be one of our keynote speakers talking about his new book, The Whole Foods Diet. We have Dr. Neil Barnard talking about The Cheese Trap, his latest new book. We have the Prince of Saudi Arabia, Khaled bin Alawid, talking about his passion for the environment and eating green. That's cool. He's sister. coming. I know yes. that Brenda, when Brenda came on the show, she had just come back from Saudi Arabia because she went with Dr. Michael Greger. Yeah. And she yeah. told us all about that on the podcast. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. We've got Tim Kaufman and Josh Lajani. Josh Lajani. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Uh, was on the cover of Runner's World not too long ago, and he'll be sharing his you know transformation, losing over 260-odd pounds. Adam Sud, another amazing success story. We have Ermine Van Dyken from Hawaii talking about the microbiome. Sarai Stanzik from New Jersey talking about her kind of her struggle with multiple sclerosis and now going from using a cane to running marathons. Wow. Uh, just cool. amazing. And so, the, but the list goes on and on and on. I mentioned to you earlier that gentleman from Costa Rica, Ken, who has that basically a new heart. He's flying in to, to share his story. So anybody that would love to come. Also, we do off, we've opened up these seven-day programs to the public. Mm -hmm. And our next one's going to be in October in Sedona. And so if anybody's yeah. interested, you can go to engine2.com and then click on events and you can read about that. And then here's something that we don't have up yet. But next June, we're going to be offering a Plan Strong Athletes seven-day program in Asheville, North Carolina. Cool. So maybe I'll see you there, right? Yeah. Maybe you'll Maybe you'll be one of our uh, Plan Strong Athletes. And take people out mountain biking. There's good riding there. <laughs> amazing. Amazing riding there. I mean, they've got ropes courses, rafting. You know, they've got, uh, you know, rock climbing mountain biking, running trails, it's its a paradise, mm -hmm. right? 
So more to come on that. Cool. Yeah, sounds like yeah. a lot of great opportunities for people to connect. I didn't know about Plant Stock. That sounds like a, a really fun time with a lot of great people. Yeah, this is our sixth year, as I said, and we typically have about 500 people that show up from all corners of the globe. Oh, we also have Melanie Joy talking at Plant Stock this year. Her book is Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows. Oh, right. yeah, that's super interesting because yeah, a friend yeah. of mine had come back from China and she went there for this crazy 100 mile running race. It's actually the hardest in the world. And she's done all the hard races, but she was really upset that people were eating dogs. But I yeah. said to her, but you eat pigs and pigs have the same or greater intelligence as dogs. They come, they they know their name. They have feelings. I, I read somewhere they have the same intelligence as a three-year-old child. So it's kind of a weird backwards thing. No, you're exactly right. It is. It's, it is so crazy. And um, <clears throat> here, I've got it up right here. So it's why we love dogs, eat pigs, and wear cows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and she does it in a really tasteful way kind of wonderful way. She's brilliant. She has a video that just came out. It's on um, Facebook that has over 5 million views on it. Mm -hmm. So as we've talked about, Sonia, there's so many reasons for people to embrace this lifestyle. Whether it's, you know, you want to like basically expand your health, whether you want to expand, you know, being a better steward of the planet, or whether you want to like evolve to be a nicer, kinder, right, more compassionate human being. So bring it on. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, if you just want to be the best version of yourself and you're interested in that, eating a plant-based diet hits all the bases. Yep, yep. Cool, well, thanks so much. And I'm gonna send everybody to your website and link up in the show notes a lot of the different resources that you discussed and some of the names of some of the other great people doing great things out there as well. Sonia, thank you and all the best with uh, with everything you're doing, thanks. Yeah, come up uh, to Kelowna and we'll take you mountain biking. I would love that. <laughs> cool. Peace. Thank you. Engine 2, plant strong. All right. I had so much fun talking with Rip. This is one of my favorite things about the podcast is that I get to connect and talk with all of these really inspiring people and it definitely makes me want to eat even healthier in my diet because I admit that sometimes I love cookies or some of the more high oil foods and I am constantly trying to maybe cut them out a little bit more. Rip had some really awesome resources. I can't wait to check out some of the books that he mentioned and I'll make sure that those are in the show notes as well as all of the resources with Engine 2. That meal planner is amazing and you guys should definitely look at it if you're interested in transitioning to eating more of a plant-based diet and eliminating some of the barriers. That plant stock event sounds awesome. I would love to go to that and I actually have an opening in my schedule so maybe I'll go there, who knows? I'm leaving early next week to go to Colombia. It's finally here for the La Landa del Dorado. And I'm definitely a little bit anxious about racing my bike for seven days at 10 to 14,000 feet, but it's gonna be a really fun time. Stage races is the best possible way to build community with fellow mountain bikers around the world. And I've definitely met some of my best friends from these races because you spend seven days with somebody or with a bunch of somebodies and you really get to know somebody because you're not talking about work or any of the social things. You're there because you love sharing an adventure and you love riding your bike. And that to me is one of the best ways to connect with people.
I'm racing in the women's team category. So some stage races allow for solo and other stage races only allow to race as a team. So at this race, it's team only. So I'm racing with another woman and her name is Amy Beth McDougall and she's from South Africa. She's the marathon champion and she has some crazy accomplishments to her name. So I'm really hoping that I can pull my weight on this team and I know that we're guaranteed to have a good time because I've raced against Amy in South Africa before and we both kind of have a similar outlook to racing and we like to put the fun into the pain. I'll also be doing some video documenting of my travels on social media and on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Sonia Looney MTB. And I encourage you guys to check that out because I'm putting stuff up there every single week. If you haven't checked out the Patreon page for the show, the web address is patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the Sonia Looney show and it's a really great way to give back and contribute if you find value in this show and basically there are different tiers on the Patreon page where you can donate but you also get something back in return like a signed postcard or a video chat or even some of the cool products that I've been designing. Thank you to those of you who are contributing already. And thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. I do this because I love connecting with these amazing people and sharing their stories with you because I know how much of a difference it makes to contribute positivity and information from experts from around the globe. So we'll see you back here next week, wishing you all the best success in your adventures and training. 